Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Welcome to the Jenna Ellis Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There has never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. As a constitutional law attorney, Jenna Ellis believes in the rule of law and the importance of integrity in our elections. And she's ready to tackle the big cultural and legal issues facing America. This is the Jenna Ellis Show. Here is your host, Jenna Ellis. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Jenna Ellis Show. I'm Jenna Ellis, and you may have missed what is going on in Ireland with their insanely draconian hate speech law that is being proposed by the Irish Prime Minister who wants to force it through this week based on some events last week. So even though all of us were eating turkey and uh, having some great family time over the Thanksgiving holiday, this is why still paying attention to world events absolutely matters and how what is going on in Ireland may eventually affect the United States possibly even uh, more quickly than you might anticipate. So joining me for this podcast uh, today is going to be an Irish reporter who will tell, give us all of the background. And then also uh, Herman Kelly, who is the president of the Irish Freedom Party, talking about the politics and uh, what is lying ahead for the Irish people. So stick around coming up right after this. With inflation, the banking world collapse, and everything that Joe Biden is doing not to protect America, you need to make sure to secure your financial health, especially in retirement. And hey, if you're a millennial like me, that actually is sooner than you think. You need to start now, even if you are a millennial or a Gen Zer, to make sure that your financial health is actually healthy when we get to retirement. And Legacy Precious Metals has a revolutionary new online platform that allows you to invest in gold and silver online in real time. In a few easy steps, you can open an account online, select your metals of choice, and choose to have them stored in a vault or shipped right to your door. You'll have access to a dashboard where you can track your portfolio growth in real time anytime. You'll see transparent pricing on each coin and bar, and this puts you in complete control of your money. The platform is free to sign up for. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com and open your account and see this new investing platform for yourself. Gold hedges against inflation and against a volatile stock market. A truly diversified portfolio isn't just more stocks and bonds, but different asset classes. This brand new platform allows you to make investments in gold and silver, no matter how small or large, with just a few clicks. Visit LegacyPM.com to get started. You can download the free investor's guide, and you can also call Legacy PM Investments to talk to a portfolio expert to get expert answers to customize your personal portfolio. So visit LegacyPMInvestments.com to get started. Tell them that Jenna sent you. Now 
was a lot of news that happened around the world, not just in the United States. I know a lot of us kind of uh, tuned out, as as we should sometimes, uh, over the Thanksgiving holiday. But what's going on around the world, particularly in Europe, um, Europe is at the precipice of falling to uh, Marxism and uh, really just some terrible, terrible infiltration of statism and some of these ideas. So kind of a recap of what happened in Ireland. I want to welcome in our first guest, uh, Keith Woods, who is an Irish political activist and journalist. And so, Keith, um, this started with a stabbing from an illegal immigrant or an immigrant. Um, I'm I'm not sure which, if it was legal versus illegal, into Ireland. Um, But it was an immigrant nonetheless. Uh, So what happened with this and where are we at in terms of uh, this new proposed law now against hate speech in in Ireland. Seems like we started there and now it rapidly escalated. Hey, Janet. It's good to be here. So what happened Thursday was there was a stabbing outside a a school in Dublin. Um, Three very young children were stabbed. I think the youngest was five years old. Now, initially, the media was refusing to report on the nationality of this perpetrator. Um, there was only one publication that actually published the nationality. They had the information from the police here, um, which was Grip, which is like a kind of alternative media um, Catholic publication. But the rest of the media was complicit in in trying to hide that information from the public. Now, this man was uh, Algerian origin. Uh, He had been in Ireland 20 years, and he came, as many do, claiming asylum, um, but had his asylum status rejected. He was not a real refugee. Like many people who come in this program, they're economic migrants. Um, 70 to 80% of them are men, young men that are, you know, seeking economic opportunity. But he was rejected. But as is often the case, you know, we have this bloated system of left-wing NGOs, and they advocated for him to stay here. And over the course of years of legal battle, he was eventually given citizenship. Now, it gets even worse because earlier this year, he was actually in court on a knife charge. Um, And, you know, I would have thought that would be reason enough to deport a migrant if they're in court for criminal damage on a knife charge. But he was found to be um, mentally incapable. They found that, you know, there were circumstances about his mental health that meant he could not be prosecuted. And so he was allowed to walk. So there was justifiable anger uh, amongst the population in Dublin. You know, this is inner city Dublin is now about 43, 44% Irish people. Uh, it's been a, just a, a rapid, rapid demographic transformation. And it's it's one of the you know, less affluent areas, uh, the inner city. And so the working class people there are, are, you know, watching their country disappear before their eyes. And anytime they've tried to express discontent about this, Anytime they've tried to make their voice known on on what this mass migration is doing to their communities, they've been shut down by the government and the media. They get labeled far right. They get labeled extremists. And for the last over a year, they've been protesting peacefully. There's been these protests uh, in Dublin where families come out, mothers come out with with push chairs and proms and say that they're concerned about their children. They're concerned about this influx of unvetted male migrants and what it's going to do to the safety of their children. But again, they've been totally shut down by the government, by the media, the left-wing NGO complex. And so it really just boiled over into, you know, the people came out and, yeah, it turned into rioting. 
um, it turned into um, some violent scenes. But I really have to blame the government on this because when you don't give people a means to express valid concerns that they know are reasonable about immigration, about the effects of this on Ireland, you know, you kind of make it an unfortunate reality that people are going to express their frustration in other ways if you won't give them a peaceful means to express it. And this gets to the hate speech laws, which are some of the most draconian in the world. I mean, I think eventually these laws will come to everywhere in the West if we don't fight back. But this is a, an especially bad example of it, where you can get up to five years in jail merely for possessing what's called hateful materials on your device. So, you know, you have a you have a meme on your phone or your laptop. And even if you didn't have any intent to distribute that, even if you had no intent to, to spread hate, you could potentially go to jail for possessing that. And government ministers in the government have said explicitly the purpose of these laws is to shut down what they call the far-right threat, which they connect to opposition to mass migration. So it all goes in tandem. The speech laws are there to silence opposition to this mass migration plantation agenda. And so, unfortunately, you know, people express their discontent in any way they can. And then, of course, when they go out and riot, because they have no peaceful means to express their opposition to immigration, then that's used as a justification to bring in even more strict hate speech laws. So it's a, it's a terrible system, but at the end of the day, the Irish people lose. Yes, and I'm speaking with uh, Keith Woods, who is an Irish political activist and journalist. And uh, and Keith, you're you're so right that this is a progression of events. And I appreciate the way that you laid this out because it's the government who is allowing this type of immigrant population to invade the country of Ireland. They do nothing about it. The people. Uh, protest their government in civil and lawful means, and then an incident like this occurs and the people get outraged, then it's blamed on the far right. And then there are draconian laws that come in to supposedly uh, quell the violence and quell the, the dissent. But really, this is all about the government inciting a uh, really, um, this this type of policy that is not good for the people, and then using their own bad policy in order to then push through this type of um, really Marxist and nineteen eighty four kind of um, uh, draconian, as you called it, hate speech law. That if you even merely possess materials that could, quote-unquote, incite violence or just hate against the government, now it's punishable by jail. I mean, this is completely eroding what Western civilization is all about and the fundamental rights of the people to uh, to look at their government and, and to dissent. And so this is a cautionary tale, I think, that parallels what's going on in the United States. And so there was a, a vocal critic as well, uh, Connor McGregor, who's one of um, your most uh, most uh, famous athletes that's um, in Ireland, who is a vocal critic of government policy. And he's now even under investigation for, quote unquote, dissemination of online hate speech. I mean, this is ridiculous. Yeah, it's an insane system. And. You know, like you alluded to there, I mean, who defines extreme? Because this is every conversation about immigration here is is now dominated by these buzzwords like the far right, you know, extremism and so on. But the fact is, whenever they poll the Irish people, and this is really true across the West, I mean, whenever they poll the people, 
people are against this mass uncontrolled immigration. Uh, according to a poll earlier this year, 75% of Irish people, three and four, don't think we should take any more refugees. And it's because these refugees, they're economic migrants. Um, you can look at the, you know, the history in Ireland when we used to have a, a real process around this. They used to find that 99% of these people were just simply male economic migrants that were looking for a better life. Look, it's understandable, but that's not what the refugee process is for. And then you look at countries like so today, Canada has a 70% approval rating for, for people claiming asylum. I mean, it's getting to the point you just have to show up in a Western country, say the word asylum, and you'll be provided with housing and benefits and uh, job opportunities. And Irish people see this, and we have a, a historic housing crisis, and they just see the, the discrepancy here. And then they see that no one in the media represents this point of view. They know that Irish people feel this. They have conversations about this every day amongst themselves. But it gets no expression in the media. It gets shut down. It gets censored on social media. And now we're going to have laws to silence this kind of perspective. So, again, when you declare the majority of the population far-right extremists and you say that their perspective is illegitimate, they can't express it in any peaceful, legitimate means, I'm sorry, but you are creating the conditions that's going to cause conflict and violence, which no one wants to see. But this rests with Western governments that are silencing legitimate concerns. Yes, and and that's absolutely correct. And I'm talking with uh, Keith Woods, who is an Irish political activist and journalist. And uh, the your Irish prime minister is now demanding that this hate speech law, which um, Ireland is preparing to pass, and, and I think is arguably the most radical legislation of its kind that we've seen um, across the West in terms of of Europe and the United States and Canada. Uh, and he is calling for this hate speech law to be passed immediately um, so that the government can arrest Irish individuals who speak out. And he said, quote, our incitement to a hater, hateful legislation is not up to date and we need it through in a matter of a week. So do you actually think that um, that Ireland is going to pass this or what is the the perspective there? I mean, he's calling for this to, to be passed in, in the matter of a week. Yeah, I think it's inevitable. Um, they've been working on this for a number of years. And as usual, you know, all of the, the typical NGOs and globalist organizations were lobbying for this. One of them was the Irish Network Against Racism, which is part of this group called the European Network Against Racism, which is actually primarily funded by George Soros. So, you know, all the usual types have been working very hard to get Ireland up to date with the, the rest of, uh, you know, the liberal West. But this has gone through our, our first House of Parliament. It means, you know, it's effectively passed by maybe some amendments. But, yeah, we're going to have this extreme hate speech legislation. We see the effects of this in the U.K. where They have similar laws. As you say, this is even worse. But, I mean, we saw last year a woman was arrested outside an abortion clinic because she was silently brain in the U.K. You know, this is the kind of draconian stuff people deal with every day in the U.K. People get police showing up at their door, arresting them for tweets, telling them they have to check their thinking. So, you know, it's just, uh, it's a continual process in the West where we go further and further into this, uh, you know, as you said, 1984 uh, dystopian version of things. But this is how necessary it's getting there to silence dissent, because you're seeing, you, know, you saw the riots in Dublin, uh, there's been similar uh, protests in France recently about uh, an attack that happened on, on that targeted white children there. 
the population are slowly waking up to this. I think social media is, is playing a big role in it. And you even have politicians in Ireland there talking about they need to do something to silence Twitter X because Elon Musk was, was getting involved in this, um, rightly pointing out that the Irish Taoiseach hates Irish people just based on his own words. You know, our, our own leader talks about our institutions being too white. He says we need more brown and black faces in the civil service. Well, I'm sorry, but... You know, this is Ireland, and the institution should be populated by Irish people. And, you know, suddenly we're getting this, this woke idea that we need to fill our institutions up with uh, non-Irish, non-white people. I mean, this is, a, this is a form of ethnic cleansing on the institutional level, and people have every right to oppose it. And it's going to take extreme censorship. You know, as you mentioned, people like Conor McGregor now, who have huge audiences and huge respect in Ireland, it's getting to the point where people like this are even speaking out, and he's raising very legitimate concerns, and now they're talking about shutting all of these people down. Well, we will be praying for Ireland, and this is why America needs to uh, look at what's going on in the, we- in the West across the globe, not just be so myopically focused on the wokeism and Marxism that's going on in the United States. This is a global phenomenon, and it is the radical left that is trying to tear down Western civilization. Um, Europe is on the precipice of falling. The United States is on the precipice of falling. And for those of us listening, we need to be praying every day that the Lord would prevail and that our institutions and freedom and liberty would prevail. We'll be right back with more. My friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help you get the best night's sleep of your life. He didn't stop at the pillow. Mike also created the Giza Dream bed sheets. I have them. I love them. These sheets look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep, which is crucial for our overall health. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's latest deal is the sale of the year. For a limited time, you will receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets marketing prices down as low as $29.98, depending on the size. So go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio podcast square and use promo code Jenna, J-E-N-N-A. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper, MyPillow kitchen towel sets, and so much more. I have all of this. I love it. Everything from MyPillow and also MyStore.com. You can use promo code Jenna. So go to MyPillow.com, use the promo code Jenna, and also MyStore.com. And remember, use the promo code Jenna. So joining me now to talk more about this situation going on in Ireland and especially this proposed hate speech law is Irish Freedom Party uh, President Herman Kelly, who, um, you know, Herman, this just to me seems like the most extreme hate law that is being proposed across uh, Western countries. I mean, th- this cannot prevail. Is it going to possibly? I mean, with the prime minister saying that he wants to pass it within the week? It is draconian in the extreme. As you're probably correct, it probably is the most draconian, most dangerous, most ill-thought-out and unnecessary anti-free speech legislation in the Western world at the minute. The the hubris of this government, uh, it's because there's such a... There's like a uni-party in Ireland, the political class, the media class, and the huge NGO. Would you believe the 
would you believe me that the Quango or supposedly non-government organization sector in Ireland takes up eight percent of the national budget? Eight percent of our it takes eight sorry, six billion euro every year to fund. It's a slush fund for these left-wing unemployables. Uh, and the, the political class, the media class, like they marry each other, they uh, go with each other's sister. Uh, their views are on so many issues are completely uniform, so be it on the European Union, on control of immigration, on, I don't know, tranny, transsexual toilets, all these be it in social issues or even their views on fundamental human rights. Uh, they're so similar. And so it wouldn't surprise me. They will have a majority in the doll if pressed, if this is pressed through. They're using what happened in Ireland on Thursday as a pretext to bring in the most dangerous anti-free free speech legislation in the whole Western world. It's completely unnecessary because Ireland already has laws to do with libel, to do with incitement to violence, all these things. But this is this what they're proposing has to do with control of thought. At the moment, all citizens are equal before the law. This legislation by the Irish government, uh, which actually goes back to the European Union, uh, and it says so in section two of the legislation itself, that <clears throat> it introduces inequality of citizens before the law, because certain identity groups chosen by the government have preferential treatment and greater powers over that of ordinary citizens. So it is it introduces inequality. Uh, the whole idea of thought crime, even if you don't spread it to someone else, even if you like memes, have you done like you have a thought crime? Police will be breaking into your house. They also have a right to demand that you give you, that you must give them your mobile phone and computers. You must give them your password. And if you refuse to, de- to do so, you have a long time in jail. So it is uh, completely unnecessary. It introduces inequality of all of citizens before the law. And uh, it's unnecessary because there's legislation to do with threats of violence, et cetera, already. Well, and, and this is why, um, Herman Kelly, the constitutional protections that we enjoy in America that are being severely diminished and they're basically being eradicated through our court system that is trying to just opinion them away and say that they don't apply in favor of some of this type of woke legislation um, those are still things though, that we can fight for here in America, but the political environment and the lack of, for example, um, our Fourth Amendment says um, that there is th- that um, th- th- the government cannot have an unreasonable search and seizure. We don't have to give our uh, cell phones or our passwords to the government and some of those things. And so uh, what is the political recourse in Ireland when you don't have some of those same protections uh, similarly in a Bill of Rights? Well, I'll tell you what, I was actually being prosecuted by the state for holding a rally against the lockdown in November 2020. Uh, I was charged with two charges, basically. uh, uh, So, you know, during COVID, they had the lockdown and I was opposed to that because they stopped you traveling 
uh, seeing your family, going to work, etc. Why their fundamental rights? But I found out in a very fine reading of the of the, the Constitution that actually in Ireland, free speech can be constricted for one public morality and two public order. Quite incredibly, so there's no fundamental and strict right to free speech. They can be constrained by the state. So it is actually quite dangerous. And uh, there's very little recourse uh, in once because it's it's under once the state introduces legislation, they say what but what there we we have public order uh, constraints in the constitution. It's under our legislation, so tough. Uh, it's it, very very dangerous. Now, good for us actually is that there's a huge interest in this. What is going on in Ireland? One, through uh, what is happening with uh, unconstrained immigration of unvetted males into our country. Uh, there's There's been a, a, just recently an attempted murder. There was a very important murder case by a, a foreigner there last uh, two weeks ago. And now, so they're using these unrest, civil unrest in Ireland about uh, attempted murder and murders and Ireland by non-nationals to this is now the pretext to introduce anti-free speech legislation to suppress the rights of Irish people. It is very dangerous. And do you know what? It may also have consequences for those across Europe and maybe even in America, because Ireland is the headquarter headquarters for many of the big tech firms, be it Twitter, be it Facebook. Google, whatever, they're, they're headquartered in Ireland. Their servers, certainly for Europe, are in Ireland. And so uh, Irish law will apply to all what goes on in the servers that are that are kept in Ireland. So this will apply to the whole of Europe. And this is where um, Ireland has been a cautionary tale for America in several respects. And you and I have talked about this before on this show um, related to some of those politics and how it is going to spread um, across Europe and and still uh, impact and affect America as well. So what is the solution and um, is the Irish Freedom Party uh, trying to contact parliament and you know trying to yeah. sound the alarm bells? I mean, what can be done? And we have had uh, pro-free speech rallies in Ireland since I think it was November 2019 when, when the, this legislation was first proposed. We've had rallies against it. I think we've had, the last one we had, I think was in the summer, we had about 1,200 people at it, which for Ireland is, is a big one. And we also asked as many people as possible to contact their TD and their senator and make their voice heard to make sure that it's very clear to them that they will lose votes if they pass this legislation. And to be fair to them, that uh, that had a big effect. And the, the proposal for the legislation was more or less withdrawn. And they were saying, mm, it mightn't come in in, in this, uh, this term of parliament. But now, with the civil, civil unrest that has erupted in Ireland there during the week because of uh, attempted murder, that this is now the pretext used by the government to impose it. So it's very dangerous. So we will be redoubling our, our efforts again to ask people to contact their MP or their representatives, their elected representatives, to make clear to them that this is very dangerous legislation and it should not be implemented by the government. 
we we are running. I try to make clear, look, that any type of violence is always counterproductive. I'm completely opposed to political violence. And I make clear to people the only two things that politicians understand is when you take, or what they care about, is when you take votes off them or you take money off them. So we, as a party, the Irish Freedom Party, are standing in the European election. There's three constituencies, we have three candidates. And you know what, certainly in at least two of the, those constituencies, we have a very good chance. So it is the rebirth of what can be, we are a socially conservative, economically liberal, uh, pro-free speech. We're a nationalist, Eurosceptic party. And the future of Ireland is that's the direction of travel that Ireland will have because the incompetence and corruption of the Irish government is just out of control. There's no breaks. There's no media in Ireland which are counter uh, holding the powerful to account. The political class have so many, have such similar views across the spectrum of what they call left and right. Is that There's a real authoritarian streak has developed in Ireland and uh, I'm very sorry to say it, but it's going to be a very rough number of decades ahead. But politically, the direction of travel for the country, especially for young people, is uh, will be will be nationalist and Eurosceptic. Wow. Well, I hope that you prevail in uh, in foreclosing this legislation before it passes. Um, but is there any hope in your judiciary that if it does, they would at least see that this is completely? curtailing and infringing upon the rights of the people? Uh, practically, or I, like I'll, I'll tell you, the problem is that the, in Ireland we have the, the political appointment of judges. Many of these judges are former members of either political party in government, Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael. Well, the experience of Irish people during the lockdown was that their rights were not justiciable, that people were not allowed into court to even... Uh, appeal the legislation to uh, even about closing down churches. Uh, a, a friend of mine, Declan Ganley, um, who's very active in America, he tried to take a court uh, a court case and it was refused. And then when the lockdown was over, he said, oh, yeah, you can come in now. And then he said, oh, but it's mute now. So that legislation has passed. So I don't have any great faith in the in the politically compromised judiciary that we have in Ireland. So I think the only thing that will really work is that uh, people getting together, voting for the Irish Freedom Party, a libertarian, Eurosceptic and nationalist party, uh, who will take on the establishment. And we're, we're very different. Uh, the mainstream media hate us. Like I've, over the last week, I've been all of the British media and starting now in, in the American media. I've taken a number of requests but no requests from the Irish media whatsoever. So they just want to silence any contrary views. They don't have confidence in their own arguments, so they will just try to silence people with whom they disagree. Well, isn't that fascinating that uh, other countries are engaged in this and interested in Thankfully, America still is in some of the American media, but that Ireland just wants to ignore this. And it just shows that the press is the fourth estate of the government and whatever the establishment is in that particular country. So 
Um, but Herman Kelly, we I, I wish you well, and I hope that for everyone in America listening, we look at this and we see why elections matter, why uh, justices and the judiciary matters, why all of the government matters, that we can protect and preserve the rights of the people because uh, but for you know some of these other protections, we will go the way of Ireland, and I hope that Ireland um, and the Irish Freedom Party can genuinely uh, bring back Ireland from this this precipice of genuinely falling. I mean, it, it seems like the West is falling to these cultural Marxists that just want to control uh, everything, and they want to to uh, perpetuate this type of thought crime, and they want to prosecute it. And this is not what Western civilization is about. So I. Applaud you, Herman Kelly, for um, fighting for your country, and um, I wish you success in that and look forward to uh, speaking with you again as uh, we we hope that this legislation will be defeated. So thank you for your work, and how can people uh, contact you and uh, help with the Irish yeah. Freedom Party? Uh, the website is on uh, www.irishfreedom.ie, and uh, on Twitter, for instance, it's irexitfreedom at irexit, I-R-E-X-I-T, freedom. Uh, that's the the Twitter handle, and uh, I would like to, uh, uh, on behalf of Irish people, show our, pre- our our appreciation to the American freedom loving American people for their interest in what is going on in Ireland, and even the tweet about it that Irish politicians know that there's many people in the international arena who are very worried about what is going on in Ireland, and even to embarrass that the, the the Prime Minister and, and the government of Ireland, because what they're bringing in is truly dangerous. And it really does show the importance of separation of powers, as we just talked about the judiciary and, and also the independence of the press. And Ireland, the national broadcaster, just got a, a huge financial bailout uh, from the, the, the government. Uh, newspaper, national newspapers uh, have been given a VAT reduction from 9% to zero, basically, they're now subsidized by the state. And during the lockdown, all the regional radio stations got a huge subsidy from the, from, uh, from the state. So basically, all the regional media, the print media, and even the national broadcast media are basically brought over and pretty much subsidized by the taxpayer. Very dangerous. Wow. Well, we will be um, supporting you and all of the Americans that are freedom loving and see that this is a much bigger fight than uh, just one political party or one faction here in America. I mean, this is this is what's going on in in the whole world. So uh, we appreciate you. Thanks so much for your time, Herman Kelly, and uh, wish you the best. And hopefully Ireland will remain free. Um, So thanks so much for your time today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jenna.